Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. Let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact me, there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. If you would like to send an email or an audio file, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. Or you can also call into the voicemail at area code 206-745-2731. 206-745-2731. If you go to the website, there are buttons for Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can follow me on those if you would like. There also is a donate button and a Amazon search box. Thanks for listening, and I appreciate your participation in the show. Hey, my monkeys, what is up? Old Uncle Silver back here with you. Today is Wednesday. It's the 11th of November, 2015. On the show today, I'm going to review... The Visit, this is a movie written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, and it was released in 2015. So, before we jump in with the movie review, a quick thing on how I do the reviews on this show. I will talk about the movie up to a certain point and try and keep the spoilers to a minimum. There, there may be very small little ones, but what I will do is I'll get to a point where I think, well, the movie's starting to kick off or certain things, if we keep talking about it, are going to be revealed, that would spoil it for you. And so what I'll do is I'll play the end music and then I'll come back and I'll I'll give another spoiler warning saying, if you don't want to know how the movie ends or if you don't want certain plot points ruined, kind of shut it off now, watch the movie, then come back. So that's sort of how we'll do that. Also, if you want to send in, if you have seen it, and if you want to send in your feedback with it, that's how I will do that as well. If you have some non-spoiler stuff, I will put that in in the uh, the front part of the show, and anything that has spoilers in it, I'll put in the back part of the show. So if you send in audio, I'll, I'll be able to edit that and cut that up to where it'll work out okay. If you are going to do audio, though, try and it'll make it easier for me if you try and do a thing where you say, okay, I'll, I'll talk about non-spoiler stuff and then I'll talk about uh, spoiler stuff and give me kind of a heads up. Like this is this is where the spoiler stuff starts. And I, like I said, I can edit that stuff and get it into where it'll be relatively seamless. If you do it with an email, I can kind of just sort of pick and choose on that way if you want to do it that way as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, also if, uh, kind of on the sending in stuff or sending in feedback for the show, if you have any movies that you want me to maybe review or want me to check out, go ahead, you know, shoot me an email, send me an audio file with what you think would be kind of a fun movie. Uh, and even if it's something that I don't like, uh, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll maybe try and give it a go. Or, Or if it's something that where it's a movie that you wanted to talk about, Again, give me a heads up and maybe we can set up a thing and you can kind of come on the show with me and we can sort of talk about the movie that way. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit before we jump in with a review about M. Night Shyamalan. Most people know him from Sixth Sense and that's sort of when he sort of came into the uh, the zeitgeist, so to speak, of of most U.S. audiences. Now, I didn't know but he had written and directed a couple of movies prior to Sixth Sense, which the was one that was in 92, which I guess was his first thing, maybe after he got out of uh, film school, and that was called Praying with Anger. And what that one was about was, for, from the information I have, I haven't seen the movie, I'd like to see it, but what it was about is there's a guy who is 
sent back to India after living in the United States for a while. He's a young man, and he has to go over there and live, and it's sort of a self-discovery type movie. There is another one called Wide Awake, which supposedly was, again, written and directed by him. Uh, was a family comedy, had Dennis Leary, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, and some other people. Uh, again, I had never heard of a, those either of these movies. Uh, and, of course, I saw Sixth Sense back in the day. I actually saw it in the theater and was sort of blown away by it. Um, he has done some other writing things or done screenplays, and I don't know exactly what that means, if that means he just sort of turned in uh, a concept or or actually had the thing actually written out and then almost like a, a in script form type and then other people kind of go and punch it up or change it, but he had the original thing or kind of worked on the original concept um, because he's he's been given credit for uh, Stuart Little, which is, again, another family-type movie, uh, but he did not direct that. If you look at what his directing credits are, he's got, again, starts with Praying with Anger, Wide Awake. Then in 1999, he's got Sixth Sense and Unbreakable comes out in 2000. In 2002 is Signs. 2004 is The Village. Now, when we get to 2004 and The Village, already you're starting to get some people are saying, oh, he's doing this thing where there's a twist. He's doing this stuff where, you know, he's in the movies. He does these cameos and they're getting bigger and bigger and uh, and when you get to the village, that's where a lot of it seems to be that there's kind of a dividing point. Some people still like the village. I'm one of the the people that uh, my wife and I we saw that in the theater. We liked it. I enjoyed the, the sort of the twist of it or the surprise ending. It does have its flaws, but for me, it was it was a decent movie. Uh, I liked Signs. I liked Unbreakable. Uh, I I thought. They had their, they had their oh minimal flaws, but for me again, the positives greatly outweighed the negatives of them. And I know some people now come back and they kind of shit all over signs and unbreakable, and they say the only good thing he ever did was six cents and blah 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 blah. But I'm kind of with him up until the village. Then in 2006, he put out a thing called Lady in the Water, which supposedly. Uh, again, was something that he he wrote and he directed, and it was based off of, I guess, a fairy tale type story, a, kind of an ongoing thing, I guess, that he would tell his his children. And it, for me, it kind of really sort of lacked direction. It, I didn't think it was well written. Uh, there were elements and parts of it that were pretty neat, but that were left, they, they weren't explained well enough. Um, some of the rules of, of kind of the world that he was, that, that he had for that film, I, I thought weren't, weren't made clear enough for the audience. But anyway, uh, then supposedly he, he goes on, um, and, and that's when a lot of people are saying, okay, nah, he's kind of lost it, you know, it, it, for whatever reason, you know, he was good at first, but now he's just either he's just phoning stuff in or he doesn't care or he was kind of like maybe sort of a one hit wonder and they would lump in, you know, unbreakable and signs. And then they would say, you know, he just sort of repeated what he did in Sixth Sense in kind of with a theory of it. So anyway, after that, he does the movie, one of the most bizarre movies uh, a movie that had a lot of potential but failed. And in fact, it's it's one of those things where it is so bad that it's actually good to where you can... And again, I remember my, my wife and I, we went and we saw this in the theater and there were parts of it that were that were pretty good, but then it was it just seemed like, oh, I've got this concept, but then I don't know how to run with it. I don't know how to finish it. I don't... You know, I, I don't know. Um, some people say that uh, that the the studios interfered with a lot of kind of his later work and did a, and and there were too many sort of cooks in the in the kitchen type thing. I, I don't know. The happening though was something that if you because uh, I remember when he was doing interviews about it at first he was saying, oh, this is you know this 
it's sort of his version of a, a kind of like a science fiction thriller type deal. Uh, and then he kind of went back and kind of backpedaled and said, oh, look, this was just a, it was a B-movie and it was supposed to be kind of this, you know, very B-movie, kind of schlocky, weird, you know, thing that we were kind of just doing for a laugh. But boy, it, when you watch it, it doesn't seem that way. It just It just flounders a lot. Uh, then he went on and directed and I guess maybe wrote part of, or I don't know if that means he he was part of the writing crew of the movie The Last Airbender. And I think it was kind of, they kind of kept his name sort of on the down low of it. I haven't ever seen the animated series that it's based on. I, I've had seen the actual movie The Last Airbender kind of in in bits and pieces. I never watched it all the way through. I think I've seen the whole thing, you know, as it was on, on TV type stuff, but I don't think I've ever seen it just in one setting and not having known any of the backstory from the animated series. Cause I never saw any of that. I don't know where it really diverged from that, but a lot of people kind of panned it, said it was no good. Uh, and again, with that movie, it was kind of bloated. It kind of floundered for lack of a better term, it sort of lost, it, it lacked direction. And that was 2010. So in 2013, well, you know what? I should back up a little bit before we jump to 2013. There was a movie called Devil, which for the most part takes place inside uh, an elevator. And he was, I believe, the producer on that. And I think he may have written it or been part of the writing team. And I remember we, we went and saw that in the theater as well. They, I think when they were marketing it, if I remember right, they had marketed it like, Oh, he's not directing it. He's just producing it, you know, but you know, he's going to have some influence on it, but he's not the director. So come see it, you know, because it's not going to be dog shit. Like these last couple of movies that you've seen uh, that were helmed by him how much uh, involvement he had in in the movie Devil, uh, which again was was 2000, um, 2010, that's right. And it was directed, I'm going to look it up here, it was directed by a guy, John Eric Dowdle, and I, I have no idea who that person is. And then it says like that he's credited as, again as writer of the story. So I don't know what that means. I don't know how much involvement he would have had with the screenplay, anything like that. So, but anyway, I think you know I want to let's look and let's see who that that uh, director was on the Devil. Let's see what other stuff he's done. Okay, he did Full Moon Rising as as a director credit. He's got Full Moon Rising in 96 and again the dry spell in 90 in 2005 oh he did the poughkeepsie tapes you know that is a uh, a movie that we should talk about you used to be able to find it on youtube i don't know if you can get it on dvd i'm going to write myself a note to talk about that movie that is a, a, a movie that we definitely need to review on the show and that's one where I'd like to maybe have some other people to kind of come in and talk about it. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. But anyway, he also did Quarantine, which was, the I think, the 2008 remake of the Spanish film. Uh, and then he did Devil and or 2000. Was it 2008? Yeah. Then he did Devil in 2010. As Above, So Below, and No Escape are some other movies that he's done. But anyway, anyway I'm getting too far off in the, in, down the rabbit hole. So anyway, back with Shyamalan, after he did, he was the writer and kind of a producer on Devil. He did the screenplay and then also directed a movie called After Earth, starring Will Smith and his his son. What's his name? Jaden or something like that? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that movie was terrible. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. There were some rumors, I guess, supposedly that he didn't really direct it but that he let sort of like Will Smith and, and uh, his son kind of have sort of the reins a little bit. I don't know whether that's true or not. But anyway, that was a terrible movie. So most people had kind of written him off and they thought, well, you know, maybe if you've got like a strong producer with him and they can come in and 
kind of rein him in a little bit, he will, uh, he, you know, he, he could be a competent director. He could actually, you know, get a film and maybe get it done and, and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, jump up now again to 2015. And with the movie The Visit, what I had, had kind of heard was that he sort of raised the money, did all this stuff on his own, and then kind of came in and sold it. And a lot of people are saying, oh, this is much more like the old M. Night Shyamalan. This is sort of like how he used to do. And on some, on, on some things, I agree. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about kind of that later, you know, whether is he back, is he not, you know, and, and sort of in my opinion. So let's go ahead and start off. We'll jump in with the actual review of the movie. And it's called The Visit. I have a actual uh, trailer that I'll go ahead and play. And this is about the only thing I'm going to be able to get maybe f- for some sound clips. I may be able to kind of dig some uh, some others up. But what we'll do is we'll go ahead and uh, we'll play the trailer here in just a second. Every day it's a getting close. Are you holding my camera properly? Swerve, girl. Uh, Stop, both of you. Hi, Mom. My parents asked if their grandchildren could visit them for a week. Here we are. This is where our mom grew up. I've wanted to spend time with you for so long. Miss you guys. Mom, we're having a great time. I have not seen your Nana this happy in years. (laughs) Bedtime here is 9.30. It's probably best you two shouldn't come out of your room after that. See you in the morning. 9.30? What is that? It's 10.47. We think there's someone outside the door. What the hell was that? I think Nana's not feeling well. Grandmother is fine. It's like somebody talking in their sleep. What's he doing? They're weird during the day. They're just cleaning it. And even weirder at night? Mom, there's something wrong with Nana and Papa. They're just old. Bear with it for a couple of days. (laughs) Nana, are you okay? They're hiding something. It's just the end of your trip. I'm sad it's all over. Good to get you. Papa! Let's make it a perfect night. What is that? Mom, you need to come right now. Would you mind getting inside the oven to clean it? So that is our trailer for the visit. The movie opens. We'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll kind of do some of this chronological stuff. So the movie opens, and you see the mother. Well, you know what? Let, let's let's talk about some of the characters first, I guess. So the main characters are uh, a teenage girl. She's probably about, I'd say, sixteen or so. Um, and then there's her brother, her younger brother, who's around 13. Uh, the girl in the movie, her name is Becca. And uh, the little boy, or the teenage boy, I guess, is named Tyler. You have the grandparents, which are referred to as uh, Nana and Pop Pop, or kind of what the, the kids call them. You have the mother of Becca and Tyler. And I don't think we ever hear her her name those are pretty much our main characters that we're going to be that we're going to be dealing with so the movie opens up and it it puts you in mind this will be a tiny bit of a spoiler but not much and like i said this happens within probably the first five minutes or so of the movie 
And this is sort of what you would call maybe like uh, an exposition scene. So they're, they're, they're basically just explaining kind of what's going on and giving you a little bit of backstory. Now the, the, you see it opens up on the mom and she is talking about and filling in kind of what happened when she was uh, a very young, a very young woman and she was in college and she's talking about, Oh, I, uh, I met my, my husband, he was a professor and at the school I was going to, I was, you know, 18, 19 years old and we basically hit it off and we ended up getting married and having, you know, my daughter and having Becca and Tyler, blah, 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 blah. Now, when this happened, her parents were not very happy about this and they were like, hey, this guy is not going to work out for you. He's older. He's kind of like got this roving eye. Uh, and it turns out that her parents were were right because she, as she goes on to tell the story, she says, well, then your father also met this young woman at Starbucks and he ran off with her. And so kind of here we are. The mom and the grandparents had had a falling out. When you first see all this and you first see her telling this, you think, oh, is she maybe like in a therapy session? And what it turns out is that no, it's the daughter is actually filming her. And what the daughter is trying to do is she is saying, oh, uh, I want to get all this on film. The daughter is a kind of a, a, a budding young filmmaker. She wants to sort of do this kind of in a documentary style. Because of the way that her mother and her grandparents ended their relationship when she was going to go run off with the professor, who was then going to be her husband and the father of her children, is something went very, very wrong. And the mother won't tell the daughter why. And she's like, look, if you want to know what happened between me and your grandparents, you can talk to my mother about it and they can give their version of it. But I, at this point in time, I don't want to talk about it. So what's happened is because of the way that the mom left, there has been no contact between her and her parents for the past 16, 17 years or so. And the, the, the girl and the, uh, the boy, and you know what? I think she's probably, I don't know, maybe she's more like 15. I don't, I, I think that's probably what her age is. She's not probably 16 or 17. She's probably more like 15. I'm not a hundred. I've never was a hundred percent sure on that. Uh, there is some stuff in the movie where they talk about that they give a little bit of a timeline. So I'm pretty sure that the boy Tyler is 13, uh, and that I think his sister is just only a couple years older than him. So we'll we'll call her 15. So anyway, both Tyler and Becca they have they have zero contact have had have never had any contact with their grandparents. And in fact, they've never even seen a picture of them. Uh, I don't think that the mom kept any photos of her parents or if she had any, she th probably threw them all out, that type of thing. So anyway, they just had never had any contact with them at all. So what happens is that the grandparents have reached out to the mother and said, look, we're getting older. We're not going to be around forever. Even if you don't want to have any contact with us, we'd like to see and at least meet our grandchildren. Um, Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, they're talking about um, we'd like to sort of uh, see our grandchildren before we die, you know, type thing. And so what the girl is thinking is she sort of knows her mom. Her mom has always kind of, once her dad had left, her mom has sort of sabotaged everything as far as relationships go. So anyway, the, the, and what she wants is she wants her, her mom and her grandparents to sort of reconcile. She wants her, she, part of it is she wants it kind of for herself, but also part of it is as she's getting older, she wants her mother to have some happiness in her life. And so she's hoping that by the kids going out there and that maybe by her filming it and documenting it, she can sort of bring the family back together. And that's sort of her 
for lack of a better term, her sort of hidden agenda on it. So the mom has decided, all right, well, you can go up and you can spend a week with your grandparents. You and your brother can go. And the mom has this new boyfriend, and they're going to go like on a carnival cruise or something like that. Um, So the mom is going to be gone, and it'll allow her and her boyfriend to have some time together and, and, you know, maybe kind of spruce up their relationship, I guess. And the grandparents kind of live out in the out in the country. And of course, it's going to be a thing where, where they live. There's not going to be there's no there's not going to be any cell phone reception or it's going to be super spotty where it comes and goes. A little bit about the characters of or the family dynamic of, of the mom and the two kids. They do the, the kids do kind of quibble a little bit but they are not like the typical thing that you would see in most Hollywood movies where they they hate each other or the girl is not the typical teenage girl where she's and a lot of times in movies she's you know aloof and and doesn't want anything to do with anything and and is kind of bitter and depressed and all that stuff uh and they they do have their issues uh, and you can kind of see a little bit that the girl has sort of thrown herself into filmmaking. The boy, uh, Tyler, is uh, he's he wants to be a rapper, and so he's always doing these little raps. And at first, it's kind of funny. For me, some of that I thought was it kind of was done a little bit too much. But I guess if you if you kind of look at it as from a thirteen year old boy and 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 the filming that the that a 15 year old girl would do and how stuff is told. Oh, and that's another thing. So everything in the movie is done through almost like this found footage thing. So there is a little bit of the shaky cam, but part of it is it's set up in a way that she's taking a couple of cameras with her. She's also taking her laptop with her uh, that has a camera on it. Uh, but it's set up because she is a filmmaker and we're, we're kind of led to assume that she's, you know, made some films before, or at least has done some experimentation and she knows about how to set up a shot. Uh, anyway, stupid phone ringing. Uh, anyway, so she knows about how to set up a shot. She knows, um, how to frame things. Uh, and, and that, I kind of like that because a lot of times in found footage stuff, you would say, well, that would never happen. They would never have that set up like that. Or you wouldn't have these angles. You wouldn't have these multi multi uh, camera views and things, but the way that they have it set up because she's wanting to document everything, you can kind of buy it. Uh, So anyway, one of the, the kind of the nice scenes is the mom takes them to the train station. They're going to uh, go up and see the grandparents. You can tell that the mom really is going to miss them. You can tell that the kids are going to miss their mom. You can tell that they have a, a, a pretty good relationship. Now, they're you know do they kind of quibble a little bit here and there, and do they kind of get on each other's nerves a little bit? Yeah, but I mean, generally, it's, again, one of the things I really liked about this was that nobody in the family was a complete asshole. I guess. And a lot of times in movies that we see today, they make one of the characters, they, they make them so unlikable. And I guess maybe it's because it during their character arc, they're going to change or they're going to come around and then you're actually going to kind of like them. But a lot of times it's done, it's done to such a level to where you're like, Oh boy, I just, you know, that's not how it was for me growing up. That's not how it is in my family. Uh, so, but anyway, so they they end up getting on a train. They head up to the grandparents' house and then or the grandparents uh, where they live. And like I mentioned before, once they get out to the house, they they meet them at the train station and they're just like kind of like a typical older couple and they're they immediately the kids immediately start calling them, you know, Nana and Pop Pop and and uh, they go out there. And the mom is they're able to plug in. They, I guess they have internet at the house. Uh, and the kid is able to, they're able to plug in their laptop and they can communicate with the mom, uh, through Skype or something like that. And they can see the mom and the mom can see them. You know, they've got the, uh, the, the built-in cameras on the laptop and everything like that. 
you have to sort of remember that the the kids have never seen the grandparents. They've never really even been around a lot of old people or anything like that or older people. So when some weird stuff kind of starts happening, they're kind of like telling themselves, oh, it's just because they're older. One example is that the the grandpa comes up and you heard it in the trailer. Oh, the bedtime is around like 930. The grandpa comes up and says, oh, you know, we're older people. We go to bed earlier. Uh, we go to bed around 930 and, you know, you should probably just kind of hang out in your room and this, that, and the other thing. Well, and, I, and I've got maybe some of the chronological stuff of this off a little bit, but what happens is, is the girl is going to go downstairs. It's like, you know, 10 o'clock or something. The girl is going to go downstairs and she's going to get like a drink of water or get something to eat. And as she's starting to go downstairs, she sees the grandma is kind of walking down at the bottom of the stairs and she's just like, she's just throwing up like, and then the, you know, it kind of freaks her out a little bit. So she goes back upstairs and then the next day they're talking to the grandfather about it. And he's like, oh, you know, your mom or your, excuse me, your grandmother, she sometimes thinks that she gets these stomach viruses and this, that, and the other thing. And that's when he sort of has the talk about, well, it's probably best if you just don't even come out of your room after a night because, you know, you're going to see some, maybe some weird stuff and it may kind of creep you out a little bit, but it's, it's just us and we're older and we've got our sort of idiosyncrasies and this, that, and the other thing. And so this is this will be the point where I'll kind of stop and I won't go on too much further in the movie because there'll, there'll start to be some spoiler things. But what happens is is there's it starts to repeat that theme of more and more kind of creepy stuff happens and odd things happen. They are the the kids when they have concerns and they, they'll maybe talk to grandpa about it or, the, or something that the grandpa does that they'll talk to grandma about it. And they'll both sort of say that same thing like, Oh, well, you know, grandpa's an older person and he's maybe having a little bit of trouble with her, his memory. And it was sort of the same, same thing of with the grandma. Oh, grandma's a little bit older and you know, she has this condition that kicks in once the sun goes down and it causes her to do odd things. And you heard about it. You heard that in the in the trailer as well, where he's talking about it. it's kind of like sleepwalking. And so because they don't really have any experience with older people, because they haven't sort of grown up with their grandparents, they sort of just kind of sort of take it with a grain of salt almost that, oh, okay, well, this is just old people things. Also, they talk to their their mom through some of the Skype stuff. And the mom is, you know, she's having a good time on the cruise and everything. But before I talked about how she sort of sabotages stuff, you can see that she's starting to sabotage things and some of the stuff that she says to her kids about like how the trip is going, this, that, and the other thing. But anyway, again, in the trailer, you heard her talking about, oh, they're just old people. So they're going to do stuff that seems super weird to you. And, and you're in a new situation, you're in a new house, you're, you know, you're blah, 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 all this other stuff. So anyway... Suffice it to say that creepier stuff happens, and as you can tell from the from the trailer, if you've seen the trailer or even just from what you've heard, things start to escalate. Uh, and so, I, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll stop here uh, with that because some of the stuff that I'll I'll talk about later are going to be more key plot points and and things that would kind of spoil it for you. So uh, we'll go ahead and play the outro music here in a second. So. Would I recommend the movie? Um, and does it have any flaws? Are there things that maybe could have been done a little bit better? Uh, and the answer to all those questions are yes. I would recommend the movie. It is not what you would call, like a, uh, in my opinion, like a straight-up horror, uh, but is more of a, like a thriller. And you have to remember that the sort of the perspective is not the perspective of an adult, but it's the perspective of a 13 year old boy and probably a 15 year old girl who have their, you know, who have their own issues, uh, you know, things with abandonment, things with, uh, you know, when their father left, uh, they, they, they've seen kind of throughout their life that 
the mom has sort of sabotaged some relationships. So you can understand why that when, when somebody else is sort of reaching out to them, why they're like, Oh, you know, here's our chance of maybe having some happiness. Here's our chance of having maybe a little bit of normalcy in our life, that type of thing. So you can understand maybe some of the motivations of that. Um, but again, I would definitely recommend it. It's, it's, it's well worth getting it from a red box. It's, uh, it's worth watching if you've got Netflix and it comes on, if you can get the disc from Netflix, if you, if you get the disc, like uh, I've mentioned before on past shows, we, I do both the discs and the, and the streaming just because there's still so much stuff that you can't get it unless it's on a disc. And a lot of the movies that I like are kind of older anyway, but anyway, blah, 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 blah. So, all right, I will play the outro music. And if you do not want any spoilers, once you hear the end of the music, I'll give another quick warning, uh, but go ahead, shut it off. And then don't listen to the spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled until you have actually seen the movie. Uh, also, again, we talked a little bit about feedback. If you're hearing this later on down the road, five or six months down the road or whatever, and you wanted to send in kind of your thoughts on it, go ahead and do it that way. I would still do the same thing where I would definitely, if you have spoilers or things like that that you wanted to talk about, I might split it up. Or, or if it's, uh, again, four or five months down the road, you want to send something in, want to talk about it. If it's either uh, audio feedback or if it's email, if there are spoilers, I would just you know read your stuff or play your content. And then I would come in and say, okay, well, here's a spoiler warning for this part. And then I'll, you know, let, anyway, you know what I mean? I'm rambling. All right. So I will uh, talk to you guys next time. And that's it. Take care, monkeys. If you are hearing this, if you've stuck it out, you are in spoiler territory. So if you don't want spoilers, go ahead and turn it off now. I'm not going to go so much in chronological order is all is, is that I'll just talk about a few things uh, that are going on and kind of explain some situations. So the grandparents were when the, when they moved up and I, I can't remember if um they live basically in a small town, kind of a smallish town. And when the when the daughter left, the uh, the grandparents kind of stayed up there and kind of went on with their life, this, that, and the other thing. And one of the things that they do is they volunteer at a um, they do volunteer counseling at a, a mental facility, and they work with people there. They're kind of Oh, I guess known somewhat throughout the community. They're sort of uh, they're well respect they're well respected and well liked, which kind of it gives you a thing of you know it seems like well you know what really happened why was there this big divide if these people are like these sort of super nice people and everything you know what really happened with the daughter and we we find out about that later. Um, the mom actually kind of tells tells what happened a little bit later in the film. And I guess we can talk about that now. What had happened was that when, and what caused the estrangement was that when the mom left and when she was saying, well, I'm going to go off and be with this professor and you can't stop me. You know, I'm over 18, blah, blah, blah. I think that they got, got more and more heated. And if I remember right, she, I think, either slapped I think she hit or slapped her mother and then her father like hit her like as a reaction. So it was all heat of the moment stuff, but for them and their family, it created this huge divide that, and especially from the mom's standpoint that basically could never, never, never be sort of breached or something that was such a, such a big deal that it was, it caused this huge, uh, this huge schism in the family. So you, you also, with that, you also get the the idea that 
you know, that she grew up, she didn't grow up, grow up in a violent or abusive home or anything like that. So because so that that was something that was out of the ordinary, you know, they didn't really probably have fights and things like that. So it wasn't something that they could overcome if they, you know, lived in a family where there was, you know, a lot of screaming and yelling and and occasional shoving or this, that, and the other thing. So, uh, which we see a lot of times in other movies. That's why I bring that up. But anyway, getting back to the kids, um, they see more and more kind of odd stuff, odd, creepy things. There's a couple of times too, where people come to the house, uh, other adults come to the house and they're like, Oh, we're, you know, we're looking for the grandparents and, um, you know, are they around? And then, you know, it just so happened that each time there was one time that a guy, uh, I think he works at the, at the, at the mental health place. And he's come by and he's like, oh, we haven't seen so-and-so in a few days. And, you know, they usually are, are around. And then the, the kids kind of tell them, oh, you know, well, we're here, we're visiting, and that may be why. And so he's like, okay. And then he's like, well, tell him, you know, tell him I, uh, I dropped by to see him. And then the uh, there's another lady that shows up. And I think, if I remember right, I think her name was like Stacy or something like that. I think that's her name. And I think the guy was like, they called him Dr. Steve or Dr. Saul or Sam or something like that. I, I'm going by memory, so I can't really remember. Uh, but he's, he's one of the guys that comes in and initially says, Oh, we're, you know, we're looking for your grandparents. We haven't seen him down at the center. We're just checking up on him, make sure everything's okay. And then, um, that Stacy lady comes by and she brings, some food or something for him. Like, Oh, I just, you know, I, we heard you were going to be in town. And, and so we wanted to, I, I wanted to bring this buying. I haven't, haven't talked to him in a couple of days. And so I wanted to check on him. And it turns out that every time that these, that those two people come when they, when they came to check on him, either, you know, they're like, Oh, they're out taking a walk in the woods or they're doing something else and they're not around right now, but you know, we'll let them know that you stopped by type deal. So there is a, a part where they reference in the trailer, oh, it's just like sleepwalking. And what the grandmother has is she has this deal where when the sun goes down, she or she kind of enters into a little bit of a psychotic event. So she'll run around in the house. And of course in their room they hear the they hear the ma or the grandma running. And so you hear the footsteps, you know, thump, 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 thump. There's another time where they open the door and the grandmother, you see her from the back. And in the trailer, it's obscured. But in the movie, she's like naked. And she's like scratching at the door. And of course, this you know freaks them out. But again, they're told, oh, it's this condition that she has. And that's one of the reasons why the, the grandpa says, maybe it's better if you just stay in your room after 930. It turns out that uh, the grandfather is have has some dementia issues. He's always talking about, oh, I got to get dressed up for the costume party. I got to go to this costume party. And then it's Saturday and I got to go. And then the girl a couple of times, she's like, grandpa, or she's like, pop, pop, it's not Saturday. It's, you know, it's Wednesday or something like that. And so again, it's a lot of really weird shit. Now, one of the things where I think they kind of dropped the ball a little bit was I was talking about how the kids sort of have their their own idiosyncrasies. They do ha- definitely have abandonment issues. The girl has uh, a lot of abandonment issues and a lot of things of, you know, like uh, there's a lot of underlying sadness and things like that. But one of the issues that the boy is supposed to have is he's supposed to be kind of a germaphobe. And they don't really show that that much. So that it almost seems like it comes in and out of the movie sort of when it's convenient to come in and out of the movie. So there's a couple of things. There's one th- scene where they show him like using a tissue to, to turn off the light switch. And then there's another scene later where there's no more tissues or something in the bathroom and the kid is kind of freaking out. And then the girl, uh, so Tyler is freaking out. And then, so the girl Becca is kind of calms him down and says, oh, don't worry, there's plenty of stuff, and you can, you know, we can do this, that, and the other thing. But I thought that it kind of went from zero to a hundred on his reaction without having without giving you a little bit of background. And I I know sometimes in movies you say, well, 
you know, you don't have to have everything spilled, spelled out for you. You don't, you, you can kind of assume some things, but this was just one of the things where I'd like to have seen maybe just a little bit more, maybe show a little bit more of that behavior at home or a little bit more of that behavior when he's, you know, when he's, when they're, when they're on the train ride, you know, maybe having him have like, you know, hand sanitizer or something like that, that he uses all the time or, uh, just, just show some of that stuff. But, uh, again, the, you know, like I said, the movie does have some of the, some, some flaws and that was sort of one of it. There was also, um, some things again, kind of with his character that he was doing all his little goofy raps and they were, they were meant to be kind of lighthearted and funny. But for me, it sort of got to be a little um, annoying. But I guess after having some time away from the movie, it's not so bad. But it did kind of annoy me at first. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it kind of, there were parts of it. So little things like that, like when he would constantly rap, sort of took me out of the movie because I I thought, oh, this is the part now where it's supposed to be lighthearted. This is the part now where you're supposed to kind of get a little of enjoyment or think, eh, what a cute kid. And, you know, he's got sort of these delusions of grandeur and all this other stuff. So there was also another thing which was kind of weird. On the train ride up, because the girl is sort of filming everything and she wants to have tons of footage to be able to edit and be able to put her, you know, her movie together, her documentary together later, is on the train ride up there, she's talking about, oh, you know, I, I'm i I'm a filmmaker. Cause he's, he comes up and he asks her like, well, why are you, why are you uh, filming or something like that? And then she kind of explains a little bit and he's like, oh, well, you know, I was an actor at one time and he kind of goes into some sort of soliloquy or some sort of Shakespearean type thing. And they're kind of like, okay, all right, all right, all right. And that was kind of funny. But then remember when I uh, told you that the doctor from the mental institution comes, uh, and I think again, his name was like Dr. Sam or something like that. When he comes to the house, you know, she's filming him. She films everything and, and they're and he's kinda like, Oh, what's that? And she's like, Oh, I'm a filmmaker. And he's like, Oh, you know, I used to be an actor. And he kind of bursts into uh, a soliloquy of, you know, some Shakespearean thing or something like that. And I thought once was funny, but twice I thought, eh, again, this is something that is supposed to this is supposed to be, oh, isn't this funny? Ha ha. Uh and it, it it sort of took me out of the movie a little bit. And I don't think they did it with that Stacy, uh, who's the, the the other female who comes in. And I, I kind of thought that they were going to, and I was kind of glad that they didn't. Uh, but anyway, it also kind of shows you a little bit of sort of the isolation that the kids are with, that they're sort of just stuck out there out in the middle of nowhere. They're not really old enough to drive. Uh, I don't know if they've ever had any experience or anything like that, so... Like I said, creepier and creepier stuff starts happening. And one of the things that I think the girl says something like, oh, you know, Nana, why don't we, why don't we Skype? We can Skype with mom and you can see her, this, that, and the other thing. And then the next day when the girl gets up, her laptop has had like cake batter or something that's been smeared on it and it's kind of hardened and it's hard to get off. You know, the girl's trying to do it. So in one of the things they're talking to the mom on Skype, and again, they're saying, oh, all this weird shit is, is going down. And she's like, well, how come I can't see you? And she's like, oh, Nana messed up the camera, this, that, and the other thing. So some very specific things that happens is the the kids are out and they're playing kind of underneath the crawl space of the house. And they're doing a little bit of hide and seek or something like that. And then all of a sudden the grandma's under there and she's like, ah, I'm going to get you. And she's chasing them kind of like fast speed. And it kind of, you kind of get the sense, oh, is you know, should this old lady be able to move that fast? And then there's another thing where the grandpa's out chopping wood and then the kid sees him taking some stuff in a package out to this woodshed or out to this old uh, outbuilding. And then he goes in there and does some exploring and he finds there's just tons of diapers and, you know, old shitty diapers. And so the girl is talking to the grandmother about it. And she's like, oh, you know, your grandpa's kind of has incontinence. And so he's kind of embarrassed and ashamed of this. And so he takes the the stuff and he puts it out in the shed. And then later he gets rid of it type stuff. Anyway, more and more creepy, creepier shit happens. The daughter, Rebecca, is like, and Tyler is like, well, we need to film them at night and kind of see what she does to see what's going on. And the trip is coming to an end. And they decide that they're going to go ahead and do that. And then what happens is they see that the grandma 
goes and gets a knife and is walking around and like, you know, stabbing stuff. And then she actually comes up to the camera. So she knows that the camera's there. Um, the grandma has also told her these stories during the day uh, about how these aliens came down and they, they would take children and they would drown them. And then they, once they were drowned, they became angels and they could be with these aliens and this, that, and the other thing. And, and uh, the grandma's talking about, tells the story and then the daughter is or or becca is asking her because becca wants to find out well what was what caused the division between you and my mother you know what what was the problem with you and your daughter so she starts asking nana she's like nana can you tell me what happened with you and your daughter how come things went wrong and then the grandma you know starts freaking the fuck out and then of course the the daughter or Becca is like, okay, okay, it's fine. It's fine. You don't have to worry about it. Don't talk about it. And then later what happens is it's coming to an end. And once they see that the grandma gets the knife and is kind of stabbing the stuff, the, the daughter has been working at the, the laptop camera. She finally gets it cleaned up enough to where the mom can see the trip is going to be over like that next day or something like that. And they're, they're telling the mom, you need to come and you need to get us now because there's some really weird stuff going on and we want out of here. And the mom at this point, I think has gotten back from the cruise and, and it's, so let's say it's going to be a Friday and they're going to come back on a Saturday. So it's a Friday day and the, the mom is saying like, look, it's just one more day put up with it and then you'll be able to go back and, and you don't have to worry about it. And at least you've, you've had the experience, you've met your grandparents, they've known you and, and that's, that can be fine. What the girl does is she says, um, she's like, Oh, grandma and grandpa are out, you know, down below us on the window. I'll take you over and you can see them and you can see that they're, and they're talking to that lady, Stacy. And the Stacy is kind of having an argument with the grandparents. And so she's like, I want you to see this. And so she takes, the laptop over to the window from the upstairs and shows it down to the grandparents. And then she's like, see, they're, they're being kind of mean and they're being weird and all this other shit. And then the mom says, uh, have you been with those people this whole time? And they're like, well, yeah, they're that's Nana and pop pop. And she's like, I don't know who those people are, but those are not your grandparents. She's like, uh, you guys need to go, you need to get out of the house, you need to do whatever, but those aren't your grandparents. So at this point then, that's when we kind of, this is sort of the twist or the thing. Um, what the mom does is they're like, you got to come get us. She's like, well, I'm going to come down there and get you. I'll call the police. And so they get off the thing with them. The grandparents kind of disappear with that lady. The mom, while she's on, while she's on Skype with the kids, calls, tries to make a call to the, the local police down there or the state police or whatever. And of course there's nobody around and she can't get a hold of anybody. So she's like, ah, you know, fuck, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come and get you. I'll try and come get you, blah, 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 blah. And, and because it's such a small town, I guess there's nobody at the police station who know, who knows again, a little bit of a, a movie conceit. Um, so what follows is it turns out that the kids know that these aren't their grandparents now. And so the boy is kind of freaked out a little bit about it, but he's like, okay, well, let's just make the best of it and let's humor these people and then we can get the fuck out of here. But Becca, the girl is for whatever reason, she's angry. She's a little bit more confrontational and maybe it's because she realizes like, oh, my mom's not ever going to have any happiness. You know, we're not going to have this extended family, this type of stuff. So she is sort of being a little bit confrontational with him. Becca says something like, oh, my camera battery is going to go down and I need to go upstairs and get the, get the next one, get the, get an extra battery and come up. So she goes up, takes her camera and she kind of starts exploring the house and they 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 were playing like a family board game and the boy Tyler is sort of stuck with there and he's going to try and I guess kind of keep them there. So she, anyway, Becca goes through the house. She goes down to the basement. That's uh, earlier in the movie. They told him, don't go into the basement. You know, there's, you know, stinky stuff down there. There's mold. There's a bunch of mold, I think is what they told him. We don't want you to go down there. She goes down there and then she finds the bodies of her grandparents. She also finds photographs of 
the grandparents, you know, that were, you know, like how you would have normally in your house, you know, like you and your wife are on vacation somewhere. And so you've got some photos and things like that. So she finds all this stuff down there. She ends up kind of getting into uh, later, like kind of a chase and a scuffle with the grandma. The grandma goes looking for, her. and what's kind of neat about it is because they're younger kids, they don't, of course, obviously have the strength of a a young adult. And also because the, the grandparents are older, they don't have the strength of what they used to have. Um, now they, they do kind of make mention a little bit earlier that the grandpa, because he, or this guy, because he's chopping wood and does all this stuff that he's pretty strong. He's actually physically relatively strong. So anyway, the, the girl and the grandma are up in the other part of the house and they're kind of fighting. And eventually the girl gets the best of, of, of the grandma. She's able to kind of like beat her senseless or whatever. The boy is stuck down there with pop pop with the grandpa and, this is sort of one of the payoffs of how the kids like this germ phobe. The grandpa has him kind of cornered and it's, it's very odd. This this part here. Anyway, the grandpa kind of shits his pants and you hear him like, and then he takes the diaper off and puts it on the table, gets, and then sort of puts his pants back on. And the kid is just kind of sitting there and he's like, Oh, you don't like germs, do you? And he picks up the diaper and he just plop and he just slaps it right on the kid's face, which was gross and funny. But, and I actually thought, even though it was bizarre, I thought it was very effective. And then of course the diaper comes off and the kid is just like all freaked out. And then he is able to, I think he, in, in fighting with the grandpa, he's able to fight with the grandpa and kind of like, you know, gets him into submission. They, eventually run out of the house by this time it's nighttime they run out of the house and the mom has has gotten down there and has gotten the state police and they come and they rescue the kids the that's sort of how the movie ends at that point so i had thought originally i thought oh you know maybe were the parents or the grandparents, excuse me, maybe they were possessed or something like that, you know, by some evil spirits, and it was going to be more of a ghost story. But it turns out that that, that wasn't the case. It was just that these were people that, the the, the reason that these people, uh, Nana and Pop Pop, had come over to the original grandparents' house is the original grandparents in the counseling had talked to these people who were a husband and wife, and had talked to them and said, oh, our grandson, our grandson and our granddaughter are coming in. We're going to get to meet him, blah, 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 blah. Well, it turns out in the past that Nana, when she was a younger woman, had taken her kids and had drowned them. And she had sort of always kind of regretted it. Part of this was part of her psychosis. And again, I don't know why the guy was in there, if it was if he was in there for dementia or whatever, if he it was like an assisted living thing or, you know, I don't know. Uh, and some of that was kind of a little hinky. Um, but what, what the grandma was going to do and, and, and pop pop was in on it too, is that they were going to have their time with these. They were going to go over, they're going to kill the grandparents, the original grandparents. They knew they would be able to impersonate the grandparents and be able to have time with the, with the, with the family again, with the, with these kids. And the, and then for the the rationale behind Pop Pop and Nana was, well, we'll be able to sort of have our family again. Uh, so you sort of see some of that themes of bringing back into the fold of, of having that family experience again. But the thing of it was, is that Nana, their plan was they would have these kids and then they would kill them. They were going to drown them because Nana believed that if you drown them, they become angels and you go into heaven and you can all be together. So that part of it, when she's talking about, oh, I'm sad that the time is over, she's talking about that she's going, they're actually going to kill the kids. So anyway, um, the movie kind of ends, it goes into the credits and then you sort of see uh, a little bit of, of some of the home movies of them as, as smaller kids when the dad was still around. Uh, and then that's, from what I remember, that's kind of how how the movie ends. And one of the things they talked about was that again, they do have abandonment issues. And with a boy, what had happened is he was playing pop Warner football or something like that. And he messed up a play or that caused, you know, the, 
the other team to get the winning touchdown or something like that. And it just so happened at that time was when the dad left. He left with the Starbucks girl. So the kid always equated well. He said when he was eight years old, then it was it was like five years later that the, you know, the dad's been gone for five years. So that's when I get the timeline of, okay, if he was eight when that happened, he's he's got to be 13 now and she's a couple years older, so she's probably 15. So anyway, but you're never, other than that, you're never really given specific ages. But he had kind of, he had kind of thought, oh, in his little, you know, eight-year-old brain, I messed up the play and that's why dad left. And so that explains some of his, you know, maybe his abandonment issues and some of his germ phobia and some of that other stuff. Um, and then it also explains, I, I talked earlier about how the, they had a little slap fest, the mom and the grandparents, and maybe that kind of explains some of her stuff of not wanting to thinking that because she struck her parents and they, you know, hit her back and this, that, and the other thing that she doesn't really deserve any happiness. You see too, that the girl has a lot of sadness. Um, but you know, like I had said earlier in the thing, it's worth watching. And I think now that I've had some time away from, from the movie, uh, some of the things that kind of bothered me don't really bother me now. Um, and I think I wouldn't mind when this comes out, it'll probably come out streaming on Netflix or something like that, or maybe it'll be a red box and I might pick it up and I'd like to watch it again, but I do. So, so I think it's a competent film. I think it's well done. Like I said, there are a few tiny little things here and there, but I, I, in the overall theme of it, it's probably a little bit more nitpicky. And I guess the question of, is he back? You know, um, is this a good effort on his part? And I would say, yes, it's a good effort on his part. Could it have been a little bit better? Yeah. But if this is what he does when he's on his own, it's a very competent, well done movie. It was well acted. It was well cast. It was written pretty good. Like I say, a lot of times the pluses sort of outweigh the minuses. uh, So it comes out as a gain. And if he would continue to do stuff like this and maybe have a little bit of polish here and there, I think, you know, I I think uh, if he was putting out stuff like that, he, you know, I would say that he is back. You know, he's, it's not as good as maybe something like Sixth Sense or maybe Signs or Unbreakable or something like that. But it's up there with him. I, I would say it would definitely hold its own with something like The Village. So anyway, that's my kind of thoughts on it. I would definitely recommend it for you guys. If you've seen the movie, if you have a difference of opinion, if you hated it, if you thought it was terrible or if you thought it was great, or uh, just uh, let me have your thoughts on it. Like I said, well, if you do want to talk about spoiler stuff, that's fine. Just let me know when you're going to do it and I can I can cut it up and, and put it on a pre on a, uh, uh, upcoming show. So other than that, that will do it. I think what I am probably going to try and do next is a movie called, uh, I want to say it's called Dark Valley, but I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to do that one or not. There's kind of a lot to that one. It's a, it's a foreign film, so I may pick something a little different. Um, you know what, let me take a quick break here and I'll, I'll definitely pick a movie for sure. Hold on just a second. All right, I think the movie that I will do, it's on Netflix streaming. It's called After, A-F-T-E-R. It's uh, in 2012. And uh, so, like I said, it's on Netflix streaming. If you have streaming, you can watch that. And we can you can send in your, your, uh, your feedback on that if you'd like to. So, again, that's going to be the movie. It's called After. It is... Uh, 2000 and uh, was it 12? I think I think I, I might have said 2013. I was two actually done in 2012. It stars a guy named Stephen Strait and Carolina Wydra. I think uh, would be the would would be the people that we, if you were looking it up. But again, it's called After from 2012, and I will talk about that next uh, next week. Uh, which I will try and put out a show. Hopefully I'll be able to put one out uh, again maybe next week uh, around this time. I think Wednesday may actually be a day that I can actually uh, be able to sit down and do a couple of things here and there. All right, I will talk to you guys next time. Take care, monkeys. Monkeys.